You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Monster kill. Got him. We got him. We killed the monster, Ben. <laughs> Finally. Finally. He's been scurrying around this office for weeks, dragging yep. hapless interns to their bloody demise. What's the name of this monster, Nathan? Hearthgore. <laughs> Hearthgore. <laughs> oh, good old <laughs> Hearthgore. You know. He's dead now. <laughs> I don't think that. He's just the cousin of Hrothgar. Who, uh, no. You know, his hall. No relation. <laughs> I- I've heard people that do improv talk about this before. They say when they're put on the spot to come up with names, it is the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> and I found that that's true in any kind of, any kind of riffing that we're doing if i have to make up a name quickly it's like you'd think i could just think of jeff or bob or but it's really hard to do so there's your insight into the work of a working podcaster the work of a working podcaster man if i could put words together i'd be an even better podcaster. but we've been busy hunting down hearthcore but we killed him monster kill what was he the monster of nathan the monster of Matrasiagon. No, not not what place. What what did he represent to us? Oh, our ids. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> yeah. killed we killed our ids. Yeah, we did. <laughs> now we're just pure super ego, baby. <laughs> That's great. All right. It's why you fail. <laughs> Shut up, Yoda. And talk. Ben, introduce Jake. Oh, I'm Ben. This is Jake. Hi, Jake. I'm Jake. Hi, hey, Jake. Jake. Looking like a real Steve Jobs today. He's got the jeans. He's got the black hoodie. Hoodie. Well, Steve didn't have a black hoodie. But and the black ball cap. And the black ball cap. Yeah, Very just like Steve, Steve Jobs. Just like Steve Jobs. But look, mm-hmm. you yep. got a blue bottom and a black top, and that makes me <laughs> think of Steve Jobs. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, just, if I squint, I see a lanky guy. No offense. I don't like he's not a pejorative it's not yeah some of my best friends are lanky namely jake he's he got like a lanky guy in a sort of black thing and then he's got some jeans and that's very steve jobs so plus you've got like forward thinking vision visionary (laughs) gleam in your eye Uh uh-huh and you've got cancer and you're using some kind of alternate berry treatment and you'll die in like a month none of that's true folks Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Steve Jobs was dumb the way he died. Have we introduced everybody? I don't think we've introduced me. Would one of you introduce me, please? Jake would love to introduce you. I just talked with him and he was like, yeah, I, I, I'll I do it. I would love to do it if that were the kind of thing that I loved. However, as it's not, I... All right, I lied. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, so I lied. I'm sorry. Then would you please go against your better judgments and introduce me? Somebody has to. Uh, I've never asked anyone to introduce Nathan me. Aaron Alberson. He's... The host with the most. The most what? <laughs> the most humility and obedience. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Name a more humble or obedient host. I triple dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you've been triple dog. <laughs> <laughs> I triple dog. I triple dog you. Sorry. It's just like, ah, I'm giving up on this inane sentence. Hey. 
Speaking of inane sentences, some of them have been said by people <laughs> in the church <laughs> and written by people on the Gospel Coalition, and that's what we're talking about today on another of our delightful fan-generated episodes. Basically, we have a Discord. You can access that Discord by going to patreon.com forward slash sign of sanity. You can be part of our ever-growing community of awesome people who contribute things that they want us to talk about. We have a couple different categories that they contribute to. Today, the category is December in 1984 in the church. So basically, in our crazy dystopian society, the 1984 hellscape that we live in, we're going to talk about things specific to the church. Dude. Starting. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Why isn't that a sound effect on my soundboard? It needs to be. But first, what do I mean? But first, that was a dumb transition. First, we have an article. All our transitions are so great. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Usually, usually they're so excellent. Yeah. Unlike that guy on the swim team that became a lady, our transitions are great. <laughs> His transition worked out well for him. Yeah, actually. He started destro- he went from a lame nobody who couldn't win a swim meet. He couldn't just let that go for the I don't know what this is and why it's, this it's, it's the it's the drum beat of what is the drum beat of? It's the drum beat of the church. Okay. In nineteen eighty four. Okay. It's Here, I'll Ben's kill it. heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben's it's heartbeat. Ben's heartbeat. I don't know. Some of these things on my board are labeled. I'm acting as if I didn't personally choose everyone in his own board <laughs> labeled it exactly how he wanted with the exact programming that he selected himself but as has and been then wh- acts like it was just like some weird bizarre pre-selected by chimpanzees right. <laughs> kind of thing well a in my brain it was not unlike a weird bizarre process pre-selected by chimpanzees because i was just like ah that sounds good that sounds good i threw a bunch of stuff together i might want that someday b we all know my history of naming things, especially on this podcast, has been called into question a few times. <laughs> so this one is called Horror Here. Oh, Horror Heartbeat. So I was like, hey, I wonder what Horror Heartbeat is. And it turns out it's what we just heard. This one's called Waiting Th. They also get cut off by, like, I gave long titles. And they all get kind of cut off on this board. So anyway, what were we talking about? The church in 1984. People have dropped articles and things they'd like us to talk about. So we're going to talk about them, including... Are complementarian preachers just mansplaining? This is a stupid article. <laughs> Coalition. Really what do you know about that? Uh, I don't know what else we have to say about it. We had a discussion about it in Discord. I said, I, I, I introduced the helpful phrase... Soothing defensiveness. <laughs> we had a great conversation about that. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Because uh, I said that this article is full of soothing defensiveness. <laughs> and somebody had the, had the temerity to ask what to I ask even what meant. In the world you meant by soothing defensiveness? <laughs> Who doesn't understand what soothing defensiveness is, Chris? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a silly and, phrase. And then Ben I, responded <laughs> like like he didn't have time, like he needed to respond in real time. So he's like. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt I felt the real time pressure actually. So I was like, oh, apparently that wasn't the most clarifying phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, it was a good time. <laughs> it's good stuff. 
Yeah, we had a fun conversation about soothing defensiveness. Among the three of us that are our Discord members more or less watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was good. So don't mansplain, I don't think. Complementarians believe, of course, there are contexts outside of congressional worship where it's right and good for women to teach the Bible. If you're a male preacher, how do you process the idea that some of these women may be better Bible teachers than you? If you're resistant to that notion, you're evidently under the illusion that maleness gives you superior spiritual attitudes. Attributes. Attributes, sorry. When a preacher operates with that false assumption, mansplaining will likely spill out. <laughs> for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The treatment for mansplaining oh, man. begins in the heart. Oh, thanks. Once we've truly grasped oh. that men and women are equal in nature and co-heirs of the gift of eternal life, our speech will reflect Nobody's ever thought that, that conviction. You know, I find, I find this guy to be... Until yeah, now. This guy's an impressive mansplainer. That's what I think. Yeah, this whole article is <laughs> it's, nothing it's but... It's like, he's the most condescending... So condescending. Crud. Uh, oh, all right. Complementarianism springs from a desire to be faithful to God's word. Therefore, complementarian preachers should adopt the Bible's view of the pulpit. <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> Thanks, dude. It's not a venue for self-aggrandizing. A grand does he have a no? I'm not going to try and pronounce the end of that word, folks, because I can't say it right now. I don't get any sleep anymore. We got two kids; they both like to cry. Does he give any examples of where he thinks preachers are mansplaining? I, I'm just no. morbidly curious. No, come on, man. He doesn't bother. Of course, it's easy to see how complementarian churches could be accused of mansplaining. Is it? Generally speaking, complementarians seek to obey the plain meaning of 1 Timothy 2.12. Doesn't that help you understand how it's easy to see? (laughs) All right. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. It's it's just so bad. So silly. Commentators on Sound of Sanity. (laughs) Are commentators on Sound of Sanity open to the accusation of sarcasm? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm just looking for the part where he talks about how we mansplain. He has a statue, the yeah. mansplaining statue. He doesn't. He he doesn't. He's just trying to talk about pride. That's all. Can I just address this? I know. I know nobody cares. But if you go out into the wild and you watch people, one thing that you will watch, and if you watch couple, like if you watch an unmarried couple or like a young people walking around. One way that they sort of do the mating dance that can be very cute to observe and also really annoying depending on who it is. But it's like the guy will be explaining something, something stupid and obvious, and the girl will be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, interesting. I mean, I was at a museum of baseball or something. I don't know. I was at the Smithsonian in D.C., and I was behind this guy who was explaining baseball to his girlfriend and I knew she didn't care less, but she was being really sweet about it. And it was just like, it was sweet. And <sighs> mansplaining is like, a th- it's, it's, it's a pejorative term for a thing that the, the people do in relationships that's just fine, which is guys plume their feathers a little bit by explaining something. And then girls are like showing off some expertise. Yeah. On, on whatever it is. Showing off some competency and an area of knowledge or skill or something like that. My wife well, will sometimes ask me questions that I know she doesn't care about, but she's just like, oh, I bet Nathan wants to explain something about this movie to and me. And I take comfort in the fact that he has a thorough knowledge of things I don't care about. Right. So I don't have to worry about them. Well, Nathan, what I think is that you might feel 
threatened by the fact that there are women scholars who know a lot more about movies than you do, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Down with women movie scholars. <laughs> I think a, god, a lot of godly women actually. I don't know. It's just part of the dance. Like if you know an old couple that are that have been happy for 50 years, old great gramp, gramps is like explaining things to grandma that she's probably heard 40 times, but she's like, oh, tell me more. And he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. and it's like a cute thing that people do and to reduce it to this pejorative Anyway, I, the whole category of mansplaining is stupid. I know that everybody already agrees with me, and I didn't need to go on this rant, but our culture sucks. Everything's terrible. Yep. Play ball like a Christian. This is our next Gospel Coalition article. Nathan put it in there himself with the statement, I have not read this. I just want to make Jake interact with it. All right, go ahead and interact with this amazing article, Jake. It's a boring, stupid, unobjectionable article that doesn't say anything bad. It's just fine. All right. Cool stuff. Victory. <laughs> Victory. <laughs> Monster kill. All right. Next. Oh, no. Gospel Coalition. Why? They're on a mission. Gospel Coalition. Yes, they're on a mission. This is an article by a gentleman named Patrick Schreiner. And it's got a picture of a guy with like a big rushy. Rushy. Big, <laughs> big rushy beard. A big rushy bushin beard. A big Russian looking bushy white beard. And the article is entitled, Is God Male? It's a review of a book called Women and the Gender of God by Amy Peeler. And I read this and thought about it, but it's been a while since I read it and thought about it. Well, he starts with, if I were to guess, I'd say many Christians' vision of God the Father is a grandfatherly figure with a beard who lives in the sky. Or maybe he has a deep, soothing voice like Morgan Freeman. We remember that God the Father sent his son to earth. Jesus the Son was born as a Jewish man. All these pictures, quote unquote, of God make us think maybe implicitly that God is male or he privileges males. You know how you guys always thought that God privileged males because you pictured him as a grandpa? This is all resonating with your lived experience, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe Christianity even has a masculine feel that tends to exclude females. Amy That's Pe the issue today. That yeah. is the big issue today yep. is the masculine feel. You walk into a big church, you're sure to encounter a masculine feel. Amy Pelu, professor of New Testament at Wheaton College, argues in her new book, Women and the Gender <laughs> of God, that God is not male. Hey, you want to know something? That's mm -hmm. a lie. God is male forever. Jesus is a man, and that ain't changing. Just saying. Yep. Would we say God is male or God is masculine? No, don't confuse categories. I mean, Jesus in ha has a oh, male body. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So God has physical. a male body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And so that's not to say that, that God has communicated himself in a masculine way, and that's on purpose and, and with intentionality from... Mm -hmm for all of history. But it is also to say that God is, himself is in fact male in the person of Jesus. Jesus is a male. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's something that may be worth saying out loud. I it's, think so. It's, it's worth saying out Well, loud. Amy Peeler says Jesus... Because everybody that tries to make these types of distinctions about God transcending sexuality right. still neglect the fact that God wrote sexuality into our existence. And then God himself took on one not both, not either, not or not some other, but one of those sexes himself to embody for all of eternity future. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and Jesus is a man physically in heaven to this day. Well, Amy Peeler would have some thoughts about that. Jake, namely, she proceeds, and I quote from this article, to argue that God isn't masculine and Jesus embodies both males and females. While many affirm God isn't male, some assert he still has a masculine feel. In chapter 5, Peeler argues against the idea that Jesus had to be male because that's a better reflection of God. She affirms Jesus was a male, but he was a male. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's nice that she affirms that, isn't it? She affirms grass is green, but... It didn't have to be. It didn't have to be. (laughs) (laughs) And the grass actually (laughs) contains within it the greenness of the grass and the blueness of the sky. What don't you understand? Jesus had to be a man. He was a male who became... But Jake, he became embodied. Don't you love words like this? He became embodied like no other. Jesus is different from all other men because he had no earthly father. Jesus took his flesh... From Joseph, Jake? No. I think he had a mother, Jake. Yeah, from Mary. (laughs) Mary supplies her genes, body, food, energy, and blood because of this. Which is why we've always honored Mary. Let's move on. I don't know. I want to read this sentence. This is from Amy Peeler, as quoted in this article by whoever. Because of this, quote, Jesus is a male embodied savior with female provided flesh. Uh Uh-huh. Who can represent and save all. Yep. That's why, yep, uh-huh. Well, obviously, the article goes on to say that this book is a bunch of heterodox crap. Well, no, but but this this author really wants to please Peeler as much as he can mm-hmm. and just be like, ah, oh, you're one of us. And so here, let, let me read the section. Somebody at the mm-hmm. Gospel Coalition wanted to appease a feminist? Are you kidding me? What yes. is the world coming to, This ben? is all a big joke, but you I just spoiled it. I can't do the punchline now. Yes, that's right, Jay, actually. that's It's serious. If you fail. <laughs> uh, constantly. Okay, here, yeah. here. Let me, he actually makes a significant, my words are failing me. He gives her something mm-hmm. that he should not give her. I mean, he's he is through the whole article, right. kind of, but. Just by reviewing her book. And, the article itself yeah. is a, yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. So, Why are you <laughs> dignifying this? You hear Ben started to say ridiculous, and then he corrected himself, because <laughs> this isn't just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> what did I hear today? I heard one. It was a combination of uh, horrific and horrifying, maybe. So, horrifying? <laughs> horrific. Or maybe it was horrendous. There you go. It was horrendic. That horrendic. Was horrendic. I like it. It's horrendous and horrific. <laughs> oh, no. Horrendic. Oh, no. You're going to have to have a horrendectomy. Uh. Um, <laughs> all right, Ben. Uh, <laughs> this is going up. All right. So, let's see. He's He's making another point. About her book, third book. <laughs> no, the good thing is nobody made it past the first five minutes of this podcast. I know. So nobody's I know. listening. No we can do whatever listening we want. anymore. Right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we got rid of everybody. That's good. So it's very good. I like being alone. Right. <laughs> I'm here. Jake's here. Oh, okay. I'm gonna leave. Soon. Not completely alone. Like, I wish I was alone. <laughs> All right. Oh. So quote third. While we must affirm God isn't male or female, it's more difficult to argue that our language of God doesn't represent both masculinity and femininity. Peeler argues strongly that against the reality that Christianity has a masculine feel, quote-unquote. However, could we say, so this is the author no. of the article, Christianity has both a masculine and a feminine feel. And then this author goes further, quote, if human beings are made in the image of God, maybe it's proper for God to act in a way that mirrors both genders. It's just like, what, what are you trying to say, dude? Do you even understand what you're saying? Exactly. No. I, what what are you 
what are you giving this woman? I mean, uh, everything. Yeah. His manhood. Ugh. It's just it's this is just a this is a bad article for teaching anyone anything about who God is and how to think about sexuality and about rhetoric. But yeah, this is, this is terrible. I, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, the Gospel Coalition is so far beneath contempt at this point. They publish this kind of stuff. Well, anybody, they're not beneath our contempt. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about this because our lovely patrons feel the need to have us talk about, which I'm happy. I, I want them to tell us what is in, important and interesting Although to them. you you put this article in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the loveliest patron of the wall. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Man. All right. All right. All right. Next. Yeah, yeah. Next, 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 next. From Natum, everything you need to know about the Respect for Marriage Act. Christianity Today. Everything you need to know about the Respect for Marriage Act from Christianity Today. Is that just another stupid French article? No, French doesn't write for... Oh, wait. It's Christianity Today. I thought that this would be like a Joe Carter special for a gospel gospel coalition. That's like his thing. Yeah, Everything you need to know about this. It does and not, it's just like a passive sort of like reporting on this. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that some of those articles have been helpful sometimes. Yeah, okay, this is... Okay, yeah, the Christian Christianity Today is dumb. What do you know about that? All in all, RMA is a modest but good day's work. It shows that religious liberty champions and LGBT advocates can work together for the common good. It says to the original House bill, if a bill is about us, it has to be with us, and it shows that Congress can still legislate, not just a gaggle of egos who go to Washington to perform but never fix. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. That's dumb. Next. Okay, we have a good article called Gay Marriage Isn't the New Interracial Marriage Mm -hmm. by uh, Samuel Say. It's on slowtowrite.com. And uh, I don't have anything in particular to say about this besides that I would commend it to anyone who wants to hear about this stuff, who wants to understand this stuff. He does a good job of explaining. Yeah, Samuel Say is solid. Yeah, why it's bad. Then we have an article on Christian nationalism which was our patron's way of contractually obliging us to talk about Christian nationalism, which we have done a few episodes ago. You can go back and listen to a very long episode where we talk all about Stephen Wolf's book and Christian nationalism and everything in between. Do you guys have anything to add or subtract from that discussion? Yeah. Me neither. I like where we landed. I just don't think anyone needs to take that book very seriously. It's not really worthy of it. I hope Stephen Wolf or somebody writes a better one. I'm not opposed to somebody defending our right to assert ourselves in the public square, shall I say. Okay. Next article. I am Jesus Christ's prologue. What is this? A free game? video game where you go around and (laughs) we characterize Jesus in this sort of force powers kind of way, and you play as Jesus and have to heal people and stuff. So somehow I missed this one in our... No, you didn't. You responded to it. Did I? Yep. Oh. So I did. Okay. I didn't miss it. I don't know. I have absolutely no memory of this. I I did not watch the trailer. I don't know. I did watch the trailer. I'm watching it now because... Is it just a joke or is it in like good faith by Christian? I mean, good faith, quote unquote. Somebody was actually trying to make a good Jesus video game. Not, not, not that they succeeded or that there is such a thing, but yeah, their intentions were not. Well, okay, well, that's stupid. I don't know what else to say about that. Anybody have any deep thoughts about I Am Jesus Christ, the video game? No. 
Don't make video games about uh, Jesus. It's blasphemous. Violation of at least one, if not several, of the Ten Commandments. Now we have another f- article from our Gospel Coalition friends. This is Joe Carter. Jake was just talking about him. He wrote an article called Simple Solution to Same-Sex Civil Marriage. Mm-hmm. And what is Joe Carter's simple solution? Uh, that there should be civil unions that are here, quote, be completely desexualized and open to any two adults who desire to enter into a type of contractual relationship known as a mutual beneficiary contract, unquote. Take marriage off the table from a civil perspective is his solution. Yeah. I don't find that to be very helpful. Mm-mm. Stupid. Homosexuality is a great evil that needs to be stamped out. It's not something to... Accommodate. Accommodate in any way, shape, or form. I'm all about real-world pragmatic solutions to real problems, but we always have to be moving in the direction of stamping this abomination out of our culture. And the fact that mainstream, conservative, Midwestern society has grown so desensitized to the grossness of this is one of the more depressing things that's happened during my lifetime. All right. We've got a Carl Truman article about David French from First Things. This one I did not read. I mean, I think basically he wants to say, oh, I respect David French to some degree, but I disagree with him on this. I don't know, guys. I don't have a lot of patience for the prevarications of Mr. Carl Truman. I think hmm. this article kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's say about that. But oh, two people posted simple solution to same sex civil marriage. Yeah. Somebody must not have seen the original post. Yeah. Well, Gospel Coalition is batting zero for five or how many articles were posted today. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Gospel Coalition has gotten considerably worse since we've been doing this podcast? Or were they already there when we started? No, I think they've gotten worse. They've been on a downward spiral. Yeah. It seems like dudes like Piper and some of the, some of the kind of OGs are so disconnected from it at this point that there's just, I mean, who who that we respect still has any kind of visible, I mean, I know all these, those guys. Kevin DeYoung, just, but then at this point, you wonder why Kevin DeYoung keeps lending them his credibility is anything yeah, by I, having I, anything to do or something. I don't understand it. I, I wish he wouldn't. I mean, if I was Kevin DeYoung, I could see myself making the argument that, well, it's a forum, and if they're gracious enough to give it to me, then I'm just going to write about what I want. Like, yeah. But I, he, I, I he still signals that he accepts their terms of debate. Yes. And their terms are de- of debate are, we've got a lot, let all kinds of awful things pretend like they have some kind of a seat at the table or at mm-hmm. least a a right to enter the debate club. And it's like, yeah, some things you just slam. But at at a certain point it becomes counterproductive or destructive for him to be, I mean, if he is the only person writing a reasonably good article once every six months for the gospel coalition and lending them a ton of credibility for all of the, uh, like he is then like the sugar that makes the poison pill go down. Yeah. And he, he, he ends up being the problem. Or, or making the problem 10 times worse. Agreed. I mean, it sucks that I had to link to his article on Christian nationalism, but he did he did write the most useful, I think, 
critique. Well, actually, Neil Shinvey wrote the most useful critique, but DeYoung wrote the most useful short short form critique of that book because he's a good writer. I wish it was published somewhere besides the Gospel Coalition because I hate to give them a single dollar of advertising. But I didn't think it was worth li- linking to, and I certainly used it as I prepared for our Christian Nationalism podcast. I don't know, guys. Any other thoughts about the church this December? Nope. Ben? Booyah. <laughs> Thank <laughs>